during my um, morning time with the Father, and I didn't have any time to prepare. So we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, because that's what really, for me, that's what dance is about, is, is for God to touch our hearts. And I believe that He's going to touch my heart, and, um, and I believe He's going to touch your heart. And it comes from the story in Luke um, chapter 7 about the woman, the adulterous woman who came to Jesus, and um, she gave all that she had, and His love came. And it touched her. Not only did he touch her, but he healed her from the inside out. And he released her from, from a life of bondage. And um, so, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Um, just, yeah.
running doesn't have anything on dancing. I typically never preach and dance in the same evening for very good reasons. I just um, really felt like the Lord wanted to um, just give me one moment. Sorry. sat on my couch this morning just being with the Lord and praying for all of us here this evening. And he just brought me to this this scripture and even to this song. I haven't danced to that song in 10 years. I haven't even thought about C.C. Winant in 10 years. My music style has changed so much over the years that I just, you know, you just forget. As a matter of fact, I had to go through my old like all my music now is downloaded onto my phone or my or my Mac, and I had to go find my CD carrier that has over a hundred and some odd CDs in it, and find to see even see if I still had the CD, and I did, and um, and I just sat on my couch, weeping and weeping before the Lord, and I think I was weeping for a number of reasons. You know, um, recently I. I was I was teaching a class called dance and fitness, and we were in you know um, kind of bringing the two together, fitness with dance, in a relaxed environment, and just taking some basic technique and mixing it in and bringing up the heart rate and stuff like that. And because I did that, what what had happened with me personally was it just kind of awakened some stuff that I think I just kind of when when I left. America, and actually before I left America, you know, the Lord said, I want you to give up the dance ministry. And we built a very successful dance ministry. We were 10 years old, and we were really well known in our community. And um, we had been praying for a center and things like that. And when I gave it up, I was very happy to give it up. It caused, you know, some tears to happen because anything that we let go of that we love. It's hard to let go. I did that when my daughter got married. <laughs> it was bittersweet. And, and so it was the same thing with this. But what I did, and I didn't realize I did it until recently, was I, I just kind of pushed it so far down that, that I almost caused a death to something that's not meant to be dead. And, um, and what God did, he's so sneaky that he um, said, hey, I have an idea. You know, you're missionaries. This is a great way to raise money. Why don't you teach a dance fitness class? There's no pressure. You don't have to make costumes. You don't even have to, like, carry on after that. You can just do it and leave. And I was like, oh, that's a really good idea, God. I think I could handle that one. Small commitment, quick, quick, you know, I get to know some people. Well, what happened was God knew me. He knew my heart. And he knew that when I started getting to know people, that I would immediately fall in love. And I became connected with people's lives. And so what happened through that was something awakened in me. Why am I sharing this with you? Because I feel like, 
you know, and I didn't know I was going to share this actually, but I feel like the Lord wants to awaken inside of you things that maybe you just pushed down and you thought, well, that's just the old me. I love the word that you gave because God doesn't want us to die completely to the old things. They're just not going to look the same. You know, and that's what he was telling me. I didn't, I didn't ask you to die to that. I think I was so guarded. You know, and that's why I like this story. I think I was so guarded that I allowed myself not to feel any emotion when dance came up. When dance came up, I, my little wall came up and I said, no, I don't want to feel that way anymore. I don't want to get involved in something and I don't want to allow my heart to go there. Because it was, even though I obeyed God and God told me to do it, it was a very painful process. Because we passed the mantle, and when we passed the mantle, what we had been praying for for 10 years, God gave them to in a week. They received the building in one week's time after we passed it on. So there was all these things, and that was God. That if, we're, if we're not doing that, we don't pass something, and something doesn't happen that quickly, we're not doing what God has called us to do. If they have to work just as hard as we did, if not harder, to receive something, then we have not done our job in our position in the gift that God gave us. We should be able to trailblaze so that when somebody comes in behind us, it's easier. And so, you know, my mind and my heart had to go through this process, but then we did this. And I was like, I was watching people. Our last class was amazing. I mean, we, were, we ended up, we did exercising, and then we just kind of worshipped. At the end, because I snuck in to learn a dance at the end, <laughs> as I would do. And so we started each week, just started learning just a little piece, you know, a couple minutes of a song. And, um, and then I said, well, do you guys want to cool down or you want to just keep worshiping? And they wanted to keep worshiping. God just showed up, you know. And it was so, that was a gift that, that no man can physically give to you. It was something that was so tender and so precious that God gave and what he did for me personally was he awakened so I just felt like I had to make myself vulnerable to reveal that to you and and see what was in me was a bit of sin if I'm really honest what is what is our thing about salvation and righteousness right and living right living right for God salvation and righteousness we are saved by the grace of God and he is teaching us how to live right so that people around us want to know him. So the only way that we can live right, the beauty about this person who came in in Luke chapter 7 was this adulterous woman. Do you know, some of you don't even know this because I don't ever really share that part of my testimony. I was no different than her. I just didn't get paid for it. That's me. Was me, not me now. That was me. Many, many years ago. <laughs> I always get myself in the most awkward places. <laughs> it's just to make you laugh. <laughs> um, so, you know, when, when I listen to that, though, and I, I don't, and the song goes on, you know, she, she doesn't ever want to forget where she came from. And the Bible talks about that we would read her story. This woman would be known throughout history because of a simple act. And that simple act was she didn't care what people thought about her. She, there were church folk in there. Everybody say that with me. There were church folk in there. There were church folk in there, the Pharisees, okay? But I'm just going to bring it to my own language. There were church folk in there. And guess what? I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been on the side where I walked into a church and I was pregnant and not married. And I can 
feel exactly what she sang about as I walked into that room. Every time. But you know what? I didn't care because I kept my eyes on Jesus. And if I didn't take my eyes off Jesus, I wouldn't even be standing here in front of you today. And then I was also the person who stood on the other side. Maybe not with a pregnant woman, but maybe in a different situation. Let's bring it even closer. Maybe to my own family, my mom, or my dad, or whatever. There was something so special about this moment in time. And what had to happen was she had to make herself vulnerable before the Lord. She was so hungry for the presence of the Lord to come into her life that she allowed her vulnerability, her sin to be exposed before him so that love can touch her. The word says that love covers a multitude of sin. And what happened was love came down and it set her free. She sat before him because she knew the cost of which she was giving away. She understood it. And what she was giving away was much greater. What she was receiving was much greater than what she was giving away. But she could only do that by positioning herself to receive the love, but first to recognize what was inside her that love needed to touch. There was something in her that love had to touch so that she could be set free. None of us sitting here is, is, is removed from that moment. Every day when I sat on the couch, I wept and I wept. I battled all day to dance in front of you. Do you want to know? I'll make myself vulnerable. Do you want to know why I didn't want to dance? Because I was scared that I was going to repeat myself and look really silly. That was one reason. The other reason was I'm older now. <laughs> I don't want to look silly. And the Lord said, do you want this to die forever? And I said, no, because I was created to worship you. And you healed my heart through worship. I will never let it die. And one of the things that impacted me so greatly was one one evening, morning, actually. Hannah, it's okay if I share. She's not here. It's okay. It's not. It's not a bad thing. But we were sitting here. We were. We were worshiping. We we did a little warm up, and then I said, you know, let's just play. Let's play with the Lord. And and I was really awakened by something, because we were. We I was just goofing around and, you know, flying around the room, galloping and doing silly stuff as a five year old would do. And I was just wanting to stir the creativity in me. In Luke, I don't know where it is, 17:20, it says that the kingdom of God is not by observation, but the kingdom of God is within you. And I can't just observe things and never stir things. I can't just observe things. If the woman who came in to meet Jesus, she couldn't just observe Jesus. There was something in her that she had to get the courage to go to him, to receive and allow that love to touch her in the places that love needed to touch so that she could be free. And, and so 
there I was, just activating. I mean, I was looking really silly. At least in my head, I was. I don't know what I actually look like. We didn't have mirrors here, so I was grateful for that. And Hannah was just worshiping. She was so beautiful. She had her arms reaching towards the Lord. And I said, she's so gifted. I I will brag on my daughter. She's very creative, um, choreographer. I love, I'll sit under Hannah anytime. I love it. I'm going to brag. She went in for an audition at NGM. Is that right? NGM, not MGM, NGM. And um, she went there for violin, but they found out she danced, and they wanted her to do both. And um, when she got done dancing, they said to her, where did you go to school at? (laughs) And I said, no. And, you know, she only trained with us since she was a little kid. She only trained with, with with her mom. And I share that, not just because it excites me, and I think we can be excited about things like that, but because everything that we have, when we begin to stir what God puts inside of us, education is wonderful, but God, He knows how to choreograph. He knows what a plie is. He knows what, you know, a torgete is. He knows what these things are. And the funny thing is, when I was finally released at 37 years old to go take a dance class, 37, imagine how I felt with 20-year-olds. I felt great. And so here I was taking a dance class, and every Everything that I was doing in class, God showed me it only had a name. I was doing it because he, he already created it before man did. He already created the movements. He already created, you know, the choreography. They're, they're doing it 24-7. We don't know what they're doing. They're leaping and turning and flying and eyelashes make sound. You know, I mean, everything is going on and he, he knows Look at creation. He's good at what he does. And if we position ourselves for, for him to, to um, flow through us, things begin to happen. And we have to be willing to position ourselves to allow the kingdom of God. It cannot be just by observation. We have to be actively involved. She went in and touched down. And when she did that, the kingdom of God invaded. And what happened was the, the church folk, they got their knickers in a twist. Because they didn't know how to respond. I don't want to be like that either. So I sat before the Lord and I said, whatever is inside of me, you, Holy Spirit, know my heart better than I know my heart. Whatever is it within me, reveal it, pull it out of me so that I can stand right before you. Love those bits because, it, you know, we can only love our neighbor if we know how to love ourselves. And we can only love ourselves if we, if we allow the love that covers a multitude of sin to be exposed inside of us so that when we begin to reach out to people, we see it with the purity of heaven. Rather than through a filter. People are coming. The adulterous woman is coming. The woman that's pregnant and never been married is coming. The drug addicts are coming. The homeless are coming. Revival is coming. Jesus constantly, he constantly positioned himself. He constantly set himself in a place because everything flowed so perfectly because he was so aligned with the kingdom of God. God was his friend. He says that we're his friend. 
When we are Jesus' friend, He reveals secrets. You know what? I want Jesus to reveal the secrets in my life rather than somebody else exposing them. So that I can turn and stand right before the Lord. Sometimes standing right before the Lord is simple obedience. I knew if I didn't dance and make myself vulnerable before you, I would be in disobedience. I knew that. And what would have broke my heart more than anything is knowing that it would have broke his heart too. And if I don't think it would have, then I'm silly because if my kids don't do what I ask them, if it's important to me, it disappoints me. Not that God won't love me and his kingdom won't come. He'll do all of those things. His grace is sufficient. But his word says in John fourteen fifteen, I think, it says that if you love me, you will obey my commandments. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. My whole life, like ever since I started this whole journey, more more probably in the last 10 years, God, I just want to stand before you. I just want to say, be obedient to the things that you ask me. The reason why the power flowed through Jesus is because he did what the Father was doing. He said what the Father was, was saying. And he positioned himself constantly for the kingdom of God to flow through him. He was not an observer. He was a releaser. I got new glasses. Aren't they cool? I'm hoping that I won't have to wear them one day. I believe that God is going to heal my eyes. But I got them just in case. I actually don't need them, funny enough. The words are too big for me. So I won't use them. Um... In John 15, verse 12, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Hold on. I might be moving too fast. I want to go back to this woman. In Luke, Jesus Jesus is anointed with oil by a woman with, with a horrible, immoral reputation who comes into a meeting place and she pours this expensive oil on him. And everybody thinks it was a waste. Right? They think it was a waste. This expensive oil, using the expensive oil. Jesus is listening. He hears their comments. And he says to them, in essence, this is what he said to them, those who are able to love much are those who are willing to recognize the depth of their own sin. I'm going to repeat that. Those who are able to love much are those who are willing to recognize the depths of their own sin. Now, I just want to pause there for just one moment. She recognized the depth of her own sin, didn't she? Many, many years ago, I, I prayed, God, I want to learn how to love people. I always manage to pray these really dangerous prayers. And the problem is, is I really mean them. When I say break me, bend me, mold me, I mean it. Like, I just, that's really in my heart. I don't want to live for me, not my will, but yours. And I, I really mean that, like with all my heart, I, I, I want that. And so I'm constantly examining the way I respond, the way I look at things. 
um, what's in my heart that maybe others can even hear. You know, I'm just, because I don't always have a very, well, a lot of the times my heart isn't clean. It just isn't. Because I'm still walking things out. And, and so, what was I saying? So I was asking the Lord to teach me how to love. And so he, what he did was he began to um, bring people in my life that weren't easy to love. And my first test was this. And I, I may have shared this story before, but my first test was this. He brought this lady in who wanted to be a part of the dance ministry. We were connected with um, a group of um, a home that was, called Second Chance, and it was for women that were coming out of prison, and they had a second chance at life, so they provided a home and helped them get a job and get, you know, just get on the right track. So we were walking alongside of them, bringing in women. Well, this one woman, she went through their program, had been through it, um, and, you know, it was out of the program, married, etc., but she was very, very prickly still. And um, because of my past, I have a hard, I, I used to struggle with people who were very um, harsh. I, I don't like harsh, prickly, I didn't like harsh, prickly people very much. And I had a tendency to just kind of walk the other way and, and not so much, um, you know, I was kind, but I would remove myself from the situation because of fear. And I didn't want to be hurt. And so this time the Lord said, um, you're going to love her, and you're going to love all the prickles off of her. And um, it was very difficult because she was mean. She embarrassed me. Um, I was the leader of the ministry, and she would embarrass me and all sorts of things. But the more I just prayed and allowed God to flow through me, the more I would see, like, prickles fall off of her. And at the end, right before we moved here, actually, um, I received, she had been with the ministry for two seasons, and right at the, she actually worked with me every day. She came over to my house every day. I taught her everything I knew about the dance ministry. She learned how to paint silk. She learned how to design costumes. She learned everything that God had taught me for 10 years. And she would be at my house from 9 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock at night, Monday through Friday. It was, I was grateful to have her, but at the end of 5, by 5 o'clock, I was really happy that she went home because I was so tired. But at the end of the whole thing, every day was a new day, and every day God, God's love would abound. And every day what was happening, rather than the prickles just falling off of her, they were falling off of me. Because what God began to show me through this love, you see, I had to recognize some things in me as well so that I could love her with the abundance of God's love. And he showed me this early on in, in the beginning with her. Not very, very beginning, but in the midst of it, that I needed to learn that lesson. And in the end, when we moved here, which was two years later, she gave me the most beautiful card and said how her life had changed. She, she never met anybody with the love. And only God can do that. And the things that were bothering me, that would annoy me, that she would do, were actually issues in my own heart. They were things in me. 
and that was such a valuable lesson in my life that I continue to take it through my life now. When things are going on, and I might feel uneasy or uncomfortable, I immediately stand before the Lord and do a heart examination. You know, because when we do, we can begin to allow our praise and our worship and the things that we do become so much more magnified because it's complete, the filter is, is just cleaner and cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. You know, when he, when he spoke to her, he said, don't, don't go back there. Your faith has set you free. I don't know if he told her that, but he tells everybody that. He said, don't go back there. Don't revisit because I've set you free from that. How about let's visit this area instead? Because when we visit this area, then even more is going to happen. And God just continued to do more and more. Those little things added up in my life. We had the privilege of going to France, and here was this. What Some of you have heard it, some of you haven't. I don't know if I've told the whole story, but, you know, he, he this wonderful pastor, we were to go, we weren't going to go. We were to go, we weren't going to go. We bought our tickets, and we were told not to go. What do you mean we can't go? We have our tickets. We spent all this money. They were going to pay for us, and they were going to pay for us. They didn't pay for us. And, and so there were all these things going on and very interesting emails going back and forth. And some, some of them were quite harsh. And through it, one of them, I, I read the email and I immediately just fear gripped me. See, those were things in me. Fear gripped me. And I started to cry. And I was like, oh, my God, we spent all this money. We don't have this kind of money. You know, we're missionaries. Where is it going to come from? It doesn't grow on trees, even though it does. And, 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 and where is it going to come from? And all these thoughts were flooding through me. And, and so I, as I began to get the perspective of the Lord, the Lord said, you know, there is something really going on. Because she said that he fell ill. And I was like, just yesterday he was fine. What do you mean he fell ill? And it turned out that he, w- he ended up in a mental hospital in a straitjacket. And she had sent me an email from the mental hospital. I can share this because it's in our testimony in our blog. But she had sent this sitting outside his door. He was in a padded room. And we said, you know what? We're fasting. We started to fast. We're praying for you. And we just want to see you guys recover. We have our tickets. We don't have to do anything except love on you. We want to come and we want to serve you. Nobody's using the house. Let us just come and be. We'll be with you. And they were being told to leave France. They were being told to, you know, you're done here. Off you go. To make a very long story short, because love came down, because God was able to touch, love covered a multitude of sin in me. Because I was offended with the situation. Love came down and touched some areas in me which made me right before the Lord, which gave me the ability to see things through His eyes. Because we did that, they, ha- they went from having no hope to having hope. And now He stands. People are coming back. The, the, the what is it, football? No, rugby team is coming back to the church. He's preaching again. He's leading worship. He's restoring. He's actually restored. (sighs) The power of what love can do. Love, you can only love your neighbor. She may have not lived next door to me, but we can only love our neighbor 
with the ability that we allow God to love us. And then that measure of love through us can love others, even in the midst of their stuff. It looks different. You know, in, in, in Corinthians verse, chapter 13, verse 4, it talks about, in, in the New King James Version, it says that love suffers long. That's the first one. And I was sitting on the couch crying as I do because I'm, I do that. Because I just love him so much and I can't help but cry. And it's just my expression of awe. And, and I was just crying on the couch and I was like, what do you mean by love suffers long? It's not about being patient necessarily. You know, if we really begin to think about what does suffer mean? There's, no, there's not lots of sparkles around that word where it is there. It doesn't make you feel really good. And then the next word is love is kind. I remember one time there was somebody, years and years ago, there's somebody at, at, at my church and she, she didn't like me. I don't know why she didn't like me, but there was a lot of people at my church who didn't like me. It's okay. It just was a phase in my life. I had to go through it. But she didn't like me. And then one day she calls me and she wants to borrow a dance costume from me. I was like, what? You just said all these bad things about me, and then you have the audacity to ask me to borrow my nice costume that I sweat over and designed, and it's precious to me. No amount of money could even purchase it from you. I didn't say all those things, but I thought them. So, because it was such a big deal in my heart, I had to call my pastor. I'm not kidding. I really did. Because my flesh so wanted to say no. And I wanted my pastor's backup on it. Do you know he spoke truth to me? (laughs) And he said, Christina, what do you think Jesus is telling you? I said, I don't know. I don't really care what Jesus is telling me. What do you think? What do you you have to say? This is what happened. This is what, my heart feels this way. Come on. And um, obviously, I did the right thing, and I let her borrow my costume. And you know what it actually did for me? It set my heart free. That was way before all the other, the other two stories that I shared with you. And you see, it's no, I'm no different in the sense of going before the Lord. She, she has such an awe-struck heart. She's captivated by him that she didn't care what she felt when she walked in that room. She didn't care what judgment was coming at her because all she could see was her salvation. All she could see was this king who she knew would touch her sin so deeply that she would no longer have to have this fake unfulfilling love in her life. That there was something better. And she didn't care what she heard. She didn't care what what they were thinking about her. She pursued what she knew would touch her deeply. This is sin. 
Do you understand? She was like wanting to be set free from a sinful life. She was an adulterous woman. I mean, if we would all just go with vengeance after Jesus, like that just so awakened me. Like, you know, it doesn't mean that you're an adulterer or whatever it is, but like I want to go after him with such focus and such diligence that no matter what, that I, that it just becomes so natural for me to go, oh, can't do that. Turn this way. Just even in my thinking, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think on those things. That's how I want to be. I'm not there. I'm not there. I know the thoughts in my head. And uh, a good portion of the time, they're not always very pleasant, especially the ones against myself. Oh, why am I putting these on? This is my great commandment. John 15, chapter 12, this is my great commandment, that you would love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Sometimes we have to lay things down to see progression in somebody else's life. I had to lay down a dance ministry and pass it on to somebody else. And God progressed very quickly. Sometimes we have to lay things down that we we might not want to. You are my friends. And if you do whatever I command you, you are my friends. And if you do whatever I command you, we're talking about Jesus. We're not talking about pressure from people. We're talking about Jesus gently speaking to you about you, about your life, what he desires for you. Because what he desires for you is massive. Those that are faithful with little receive much. Yes, big plans. You are my friends, and if you do whatever, I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. I love this. But if I, but I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. All things that he hears from God, he makes known to us. That's exciting. You did not choose me. This is even better. What does it say? Let's say that together. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Who chose you? What did he do? What did he do? Are you his friend? What is he saying? What is he saying to you? What is he asking you of you? What is he sharing with you? What is he revealing to you in this hour? How does it affect you personally? How does it affect your neighborhood? How does it affect your church? You have the ability to influence your world around you because you carry a kingdom within you. And that kingdom is not by observation. It's within you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And what did he do? Appoint you. What did he do? 
He appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. What are you supposed to do? Ah. And that you, that your fruit should remain. What should it do? But how does that happen when we're his friend, right? And the way we can be his friend is by remaining in him. And the way we remain in him is to listen to what he's saying. If you love me, you will obey my commands. Remain, sorry, bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will do what? I know this is not like a big fluffy message. But I just want you to ponder that for one second. I have to examine my life. Like, yeah, I'm bearing fruit, but I can tell you right now, not everything that I'm asking, I'm getting. And I'm not asking for a Mercedes Benz. So I have to step back a little bit and re-examine. And to be honest with you, I don't do this every day, but I want to. I need to re-examine my heart in the morning and at night. These things I command you, that you love one another. I didn't even need these. Check that out. Anybody who has any eye problems, please come up. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you know, for me, Jesus is so simple. I, I just, I really love them. And those words really aren't, like, cliche for me. They're, they're from the bottom of my heart. Like, I love, I love him. And I know where my life was. And I never forget where I came from, ever, because of who, who he made me to be. Every time I think about who I was, like, I can't even comprehend it because, honestly, I feel so pure. Like, if I have just a flash of a memory, I just kind of giggle because I feel like I don't even know who that person was. But I don't forget it because I'm so grateful. And I have the ability to have compassion. But, you know, that's the beauty. That's his grace. That's love. That's what love looks like. He was gentle. He didn't, like, come in with his big old handy judgment hammer. You know, shame on you, you unwedded pregnant mother. You know, <laughs> what are you thinking, smoking cigarettes? You know, he, he just, yes, the vegan smoked cigarettes. <laughs> Thank God he set me free. But he, he, you know, you didn't even know that, did you? See? Voila. You learned something new. Very grateful for change. Um, so the only thing, you know, I really want you to walk away with is go home and, and really look at that scripture in Luke and look at the life of this woman who came to Jesus and, and her focus and look at the whole situation, tear it apart and just begin to ask the Lord, you know, what are you saying to me through this, this scripture? Um, because I really feel like there's so much power. It, it reawakened so much inside of me this morning as I sat before the Lord. Is it okay if I just keep going? Is it okay? So let's just pray so we can receive the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for, for your presence, and I thank you for your word, and I thank you that your seeds 
um, go down deep inside of us and that they are fruitful and that we will um, become mighty oak trees. And I thank you, Father, that um, you are changing us from the inside out. And I just I thank you for your gentle truth and your love. I thank you that you you didn't stop loving just with the woman with, with with the adulterous woman, but you continue to pour your love out on us today. And that as you do that, Lord, that we would be so contagious with this this kind of love, that we would continue to allow you to speak to our hearts uh, in allowing the, the Holy Spirit to search um, our hearts and, and, and allow us to be, allow, have you revealed what's in your heart to us. I pray for a deeper revelation with you. I pray for sweeter intimacy with you, Father. I pray that you would awaken us in, even in the night and early in the morning that we would rise to your voice. In the simplest things, let us be an obedient people. In the simplest things, whatever you ask us to do, if you tell us just to turn right, that we turn right and not keep going. Let us be so in tune. Cause our ears to hear. So Tune our ears, Father. Tune our hearing so that we hear your voice in this hour. And let us rise and be a people of declaration. Let us rise and be a people who will stand before you and boldly come before you with great courage and begin to speak what heaven is saying into this land. Let us love people with, with unconditional love, Father. Let us love our neighbor, neighbors. Let us learn to love ourselves so that we can love our neighbors. Amen. I'm just going to wait for, for the Lord for a moment. Um, earlier, um, I'm just going to go with some words of knowledge just real quick. Um, w- during worship, I started to get like a like a lump in my stomach on the right side. I'm not sure what that was, but it came with a bit of pain. Is there somebody here with pain right here in your stomach? There's kind of like a little lump. Is there somebody here that has stomach pain? Nope. I guess my ears need to be fine-tuned. No? Okay. Just going to wait. This gentleman um, in the very back row, what is your name? Yes. Andrew, um, earlier when I saw you, I just kept hearing the word business, and um, I really felt like the Lord was going to begin to um, open up um, more revenue um, within business for you, and I saw the favor of the Lord just um, really coming upon you, and that God was going to give you an ability to have great influence, and um, I saw people just, um, people that you thought that even um, maybe you're like, you went to before and there was just nothing. I just saw the Lord reopening some doors that you thought were actually finally shut forever. And I saw doors um, being reopened to you. And um, I saw the Lord just putting you in front of people um, that, um, that you would be able to influence um, for the good, but that even within the business realm that, um, that the Lord was giving you great favor. Um, I, I see that there's like um, an anointing on your life, much like, um, what is his name, Joseph, um, from with many colors, you know, and he went through all these different things. But every situation, even though it looked horrid, um, 
God gave him favor. He had influence in every single one of those situations. And I, I felt like that there, um, there was this call upon your life. Like you've gone through these different things, but in every situation you've had great influence. And the Lord has trained you and equipped you. And it's like now you're in this season just like how Joseph was in this season. And he was in the right place at the right time. And he actually was able to save his family. And um, the prophetic vision that God had given to him beforehand actually was coming to pass later later on in his life. And, um, and I just saw that same kind of call upon your life that, um, that you've gone through these different seasons in your life. And there were different, different um, ways the Lord was using you to influence. And even though they didn't feel necessarily great, um, God was using you in those circumstances. But now you're in this like royalty position almost where um, the Lord um, is allowing you to have great influence. Um, with with people of greater influence, and that um, God is going to pour. I just see Him pouring out even more more revelation and more wisdom upon you, and that um, even just prophetically, I see that the Father is going to begin to give you um, a prophetic words and insight um, into these people's lives, and that um, and that that's going to that's because of the influence that you have, and it's actually going to shift things that um, appeared like the story was sharing, which appeared that to have no hope to bring hope, and it's almost like that um, you're going you're gonna to be able to turn a situation around like, like that, like just because God is giving you the wisdom and the understanding and the influence over that situation. And I just bless you. I bless your finances. I bless the ideas that God gives to you. I bless you with understanding and um, revelation from the Lord and that you would, that you would walk with boldness and courage and, um, and, and just go after it boldly just like the woman when she saw Jesus and she she gave him all that she had that um that you would boldly just give all that you have and um you will see the great harvest come to you I'm so sorry remind me Karen um, Karen, I was just looking at you, and um, I I just saw that um, it's almost like you've been um, just kind of like at I you don't really have them here, but like at a stop sign, and the car is running and you're waiting, and you just you, you just like don't go past the stop sign, even though there's no cars coming either way, but you're just sitting at the stop sign because it says stop, <laughs> and it's almost like here you are just waiting, twiddling, 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 waiting. And um, but I just as you were looking at the stop sign, I just um, distinctly heard the the voice of the Lord say, "Go, go." It doesn't matter what you're seeing on the sign, um, but I keep hearing the word of the Lord say, "Go, go." Just take your foot off the brake and press the acceleration. Is that right? Um, press the accelerator. Oh, I knew it. Darn. <laughs> accelerator. And um and to just go for it. Don't press on the brake anymore. So in Jesus' name I just knock down that stop sign and everything that would um try to cause a stop and a hold and um just bless you with courage and boldness to press on the accelerator and to go and um and even be courageous and don't do this in real life but take off your seatbelt. Um, Caitlin, is that your name? Um, 
I know this already about you, but um, I really do see that the Lord is going to um, really expand your tent pegs. Do you know what that means? Expansion, um, where the Lord, you're, you know, you're, you're stretched out this far, but I see the Lord stretching you out even further. And um, I really see um, there, there is a, a strong gift, and I know this about you, that you're a dancer. And, um, but I, actually, this is the call on your life, and that the Lord is really going to begin to... Um, to hone in on this and begin to redefine what it is that he's asking you to do. And I see your feet dancing all over the nations. And um, I actually see people um, getting healed while you dance. I see people get coming out of wheelchairs while you dance. That um, There's a song, um, I, it's an old song, and I can't remember the words very well. Maybe you can help me. Um, but it's about dancing on the, um, the ground. What's that song? Dancing on the ground. And um, oh, I'm horrible at this. It's there, but I, it's not there. Do you know that song? It's an older song. We will dance on. We will dance on the. Yes, yes, that's it. Thank you. Dance. What is it? We will dance upon in, injustice. And I see you dancing upon injustice and shifting the atmosphere. Um, I even see you just randomly and wildly going to places, putting your headphones in, out of obedience because you love the Lord wholeheartedly. And out of obedience, I even see you, like, in the streets of London, randomly, on assignment, on assignment, in it, there, and, and like, whether, what's that place with the big clock, big Ben, what's that place called? Yes, Houses of Parliament. Um, I'm sorry, I've only lived here for 18 months, and I live in pool, okay? I don't even drive anywhere, okay? I just live right here. I don't even know what the rest of this country really looks like. I've only been to London twice. Three times. Four times. <laughs> anyway, um, I see you, like, strategically going there and putting your headphones on and dancing. And it, your dance is actually prophesying over the land. And I just, I see, I see the Lord um, just awakening you and giving you strategic, intentional movements to see things shift in this nation. God has put you on the front line to see this nation shift for his kingdom. And you have a position, and your position is very important. And I just see the Lord beginning to stir. It's almost like this this has been going on for a little while, that there are things inside of you, and you're like, no, I can't. There's, there's like this tension inside of you, and, and it's like you're being pulled this way, and, and God is pulling you this way. And you're looking over here, and this is really cool, but you, there's just so much love inside of you for the presence of the Lord and the things of the Lord that... You know, you know that this is the way, and I really want to encourage you. That's God. God is calling you to something very different, and 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 um, and I see you as you begin to do this. God has called you to something big, and and it's okay for you to want that. But what he's the the big that God has called you to is very different than the big that you think. Yeah. Um, although Christina has said or where Big Ben is, the Houses of Parliament, I immediately saw uh, by the back of the Houses of Parliament, at the back of the House of Lords, there's a green space that runs by the river. And Joe and I have been there on an intercessory trip. And in that green space, there's a memorial there. And it's to the time when Wilberforce and a group of Christians who dedicated themselves 
to see a shift come in the country. Uh, It's dedicated to Wilberforce and these Christians who uh, saw legal change come against slavery and against child slavery. So against, you know, slavery of black people and then against child slavery in this country. And I pictured you actually dancing near this memorial for the things that are going to be uh, broken for this next season. There's there's things in in the spirit that need to be changed in our country, um, also legally, but also in the spirit, uh, to do with the restoration of the honour of family life. And uh, so... I just believe, you know, to take literally quite seriously what Christina's saying there, but listen to the Lord and and just do whatever he says and whenever he says and however he says. But I just want to confirm that um, about perhaps the location that might work. Yeah, and I really want to just reiterate that it, it is, I really do feel a sense of like, this is really important um, that what God has called you to, it's, it's, the real deal like yeah there's just this sense of urgency almost and and I felt like um as well that um you're not going to do this by yourself I I I felt like you know how am I going to do this you know I'm going to look crazy over there but God is really good at um at at nobody's going to hear you could just be dancing and nobody even knows but I felt like um the Lord was going to bring people around you who were just as strong as you and that God had been stirring inside of them the very same things. Like I see them um, like maybe even through dreams and that you're going to begin to even um, share um, about the passions and the desires. And I see lots of dreams coming to you and to your friends and that they're, they're, you will know who it is because of the dreams that God has given to you. I see that they're going to have like dreams and that they're very going to be very similar. And it's almost like it's almost like you're undercover um, in the sense where um, it's it's a secret mission sort of thing, and um, and and you're going to begin to develop something that looks very very different. People are going to be very drawn to to what you're doing, and I pray that the Lord will give you wisdom and discernment, um, mostly discernment that you will know um, who you're to lock arms with and who to, who you're to walk with. God is going to give you wisdom and discernment that goes beyond your years. So I bless you in your journey. I bless you in your walk, and I bless you with greater boldness than even what God has even poured into me, that you will be bolder than anything, as bold as bold can be, like Daniel. He wasn't afraid of anything. He went into the lion's den, and he came out untouched. Amen. Okay, so for real, if you have eye problems, um, you know, God's good at healing things. So, um, And if you have any sickness or anything inside you, I say let's pray. Yeah? Why not? I mean, let's practice, right? If we're if we're going to believe for a revival, let's let's get ready for a revival and um, you know practice. So if that's you, um, and you know the voice that I know to be true um, about the belly thing, if you didn't feel like standing up, please come to me afterwards and just let me know. Let's pray for you. Don't walk out of here with a belly problem. Um, it's again, it's right here um, on this side, on your right side. And so um, if that's you, just come to me, and um, I'm happy to pray for you, okay? Um, God bless you, and thank you again for um, just, you know, being a part of our family and letting us be a part of yours. We we love you. We love being here. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> we do. We're just so in the right place with the right people at the right time. And 
we love, the more I'm here, the more I love this land. And I just thank you for receiving our family. Um, really, is, the transition has been relatively easy. And it's because of you guys, and you've been so great to our families. So thank you so much. Um, Paul and Chris are just going to work out how we're going to facilitate some prayer for healing to respond.